this is Sunday Pod with your host Tariq and Ryan. Welcome to Sunday Pod. Today our guest, Dr. Hermos Shariat, a doctorate in computer engineering from the University of Southern California, founder of Iran Alive Ministries, an author. And now, Dr. Hermos Shariat. Can you share your testimony with us? Of course. I was born in Iran as a Muslim. I grew up as a Muslim and followed Islam. But when I got to my teenage years, I said, oh my gosh, this doesn't make sense. Repeating these prayers doesn't add anything to my life. So I quit doing the Islamic rituals, but in my heart I was Muslim until the time of revolution. At that time, I had decided I want to come to U.S., get my PhD in science and be a scientist in America. But at the time of revolution, I was on the streets of Tehran. I was shouting, death to America, death to America. And of course, later I changed my mind and I right now I sing God bless America. Uh, but at that time, I was just saying, yeah, death to America, but not yet. I, I want to go to U.S. and get my degree first. And I came to Los Angeles, University of Southern California uh, for my Ph.D. And uh, I got interested in spiritual things again. I said, if it looks like Islam is the way, is the truth, and it's taking over the world. It defeated superpower USA. Maybe I have ignored it. I should look at it carefully. And I wanted to be objective as a scholar. I said, I'm going to read the Quran one more time objectively. And I did. I finished it, but it really didn't touch my heart. Where is God? I don't have a relationship with God. It didn't change me. I don't have peace. I don't have joy. Uh, it's just a set of rules of how to take over the world looks like but because of my intellectual pride i said i'm going to read the bible too why should i just read one book and decide i got a bible and i expected to see the same thing in quran as in bible i didn't as an intellectual i was feeling all religions are the same and if you really study them you will see how similar they are so but the more i studied the bible the i started book of Matthew, I realized, no, 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 no. Both are not the same. Both cannot be true. They are so different. So that caused me to go through a few months of crisis, of struggling, which one is true? And until I heard the simple message of the gospel, which I responded, I said, oh my gosh, this is so simple. Even a child can understand. And the person challenged me. I said, okay, why don't you try it? It will change your life which I did, and it did change my life. I got so excited that this simple message is powerful. It, changes my, it changed my life. It uh, saved my marriage, and I saw the power in it to change nations. That's where I said, I've come to Christ, and I need to share that with others. That's how it started. What is Iran Alive? Iran Alive, uh, our ministry, we, uh, I, I'm a church planter, you know, I, I, I planted churches and I did research at the same time uh, in artificial intelligence. That's my field for many years. Then, but the church I started just grew and grew and grew. And I felt at one point that God is calling me to switch. And I struggle with that. I said, God, you know, the church is going well. I'm making good money and I'm contributing to church. Why should I change? By the way, God, have you noticed I'm not a gifted pastor? 
<laughs> you want me to be a pastor? So I struggled for two years. And uh, during those two years, I felt God telling me, I'm not calling you to be a pastor for a long time, just for a season. But I am going to do a great work in Iran, and I'm giving you the honor to have a part in it. That's what I said yes to. And I came, I pastored the church for a while, but I said, I, we got to go to Iran. And started a broadcast, a satellite broadcast, going over the heads of the mullahs into people's homes. And we saw thousands of people come to Christ. So Iran Alive started with a satellite broadcast. Before that, I was a church planter. Uh, with satellite, I'm still a church planter, but I use satellite television. Right after September 11th, uh, we got one hour of airtime from a secular channel. And from day one, can you believe it? Day one, we got so many phone calls from Iranians who were asking about Jesus and praying to receive Christ. And that was 2001. And over the last 20 years, 19 years, we have seen an increase in the hunger for the Word of God. An amazing work of God is happening in Iran. Islam is being defeated in Iran today. Islam has never experienced in its history such a great defeat. And Iranians by millions are saying, we are done with Islam. What else is out there? And when they look at Christ, we know that Jesus is attractive. Nobody can compete with him especially Muhammad. <laughs> so when they look at Christ and his character and his word and what he offers is salvation and love and forgiveness, he is very, Jesus is very attractive to Iranians today. Why are Iranians rejecting Islam and accepting Christianity? Well, Iran is the only country led by clergy, Islamic clergy, and that for 40 years. So Iranians have experienced Islam in every aspect of their life. You know, Islam is not just a religious, not just a religion, a religious belief. It's a political belief. And Islam believes that faith, Islamic faith, need to rule in the hearts and lives of people, even in their bedrooms, even when they go to bathroom, there are rules for that. So Iranians have experienced that rule, tyranny, dictatorship of Islam for 40 years. So over the 40 years, they've come to conclusion that Islam is not the answer. Islam is the problem in our country and we need to get rid of it. So it's very clear to them. They started asking questions, which Muslims are not allowed to ask questions. That That's another supernatural thing happening in Iran is that Iranian Muslims are asking questions are questioning Islam. So the rejection of Islam in Iran is not an emotional overnight thing. It's a very deliberate and it took him 40 years to come to this conclusion. So rejection of Islam is so deep and wide that I can say boldly, and now I can prove it. By the way, I'm going to talk about that later. I can prove it with a, with a scientific research that Iranians have rejected Islam. What are the key contradictions between the Quran and the Bible? Quran talks about a different God in general. Of course, the big difference is salvation. How do you get saved? In, in Islam, there is no salvation. There is no way you can go to heaven. Maybe God will allow you and you know you don't deserve it. And uh, the only way to have assurance of salvation in Islam is to be martyred. If you die for Islam, then you go to heaven, you get seven divergence. So there's no assurance. There's no salvation. 
and and god of islam is uh, is more may i say that i love muslims i've given my life to to save muslims so i don't say this this is not a hate speech this is telling the truth in love islam is a religion of hate a religion of sadness and the god of islam when you look at his character looks more like satan in the bible i'm, I'm sorry to say that i love muslims i hope those who hear are not offended this is full of love i have to tell the truth and love and iranians are waking up to say this allah is so cruel and here jesus is so kind this allah wants to destroy us wants to punish us but here jesus wants to forgive us so big difference uh, is the source spirit of islam is totally on the dark side spirit of christianity totally on the light side why is iran's population predominantly islamic well islam was uh, invaded in iran about 1300 years ago islam invaded iran arabs invaded iran and forced iranians to be muslims Sunni Muslims. But over the years, Iranians kind of uh, created, invented their own version of Islam, which is Shiite Islam, is more experiential than Sunni Islam. Uh, so Islam came to Iran by force. Before that, Iran was a mixture of Christians, surprise, and Zoroastrianism. Christianity entered Iran. Not many people know this. Christianity entered Iran on the day of Pentecost. Read Acts chapter 2. The first three people groups to heard the gospel on the streets of Jerusalem and came to Christ, according to the Bible, are Iranians. Called Parthians, which are Persians, Medes, and Elamites. All three people groups are inside Iran. So Christianity grew in Iran under persecution by Zoroastrians, but it grew in many Hundreds of churches were in Iran at that time of invasion of Islam. But Islam invaded, they forced Islam over Iran, and uh, Iran became, uh, became Islamic. As I said, Iranians, they created their own version, which is Shiite and has some differences between Shiite and, and Sunnis. Do you believe that Iran can be known as a Christian country someday, or has Islam been too embedded? Well, that answer to that is very easy, Brother Tarek, because it's in the Bible. I don't, I have to cheat from the Bible. The Bible, Jeremiah 49, verse 38, God says, I will set my throne in Elam. Elam is completely inside the land of Iran today. He says, I will set my throne there. So what does that mean? Doesn't it mean that Iran will be ruled by Jesus? Not just hundreds of churches, not just thousands of churches. Jesus is not happy just going to church. Jesus rules the whole, wants to rule the whole country. When, uh, and that's what I've, I've explained in my book. Uh, a, a big part of it is just explaining the prophecies in the Bible. So when it says, I will set my throne in Iran, Iran will be a nation that knows Jesus loves Jesus and obeys Jesus in every segment of society, not just in churches, in the marketplace, in the government, uh, in family, in education. You will see Iran and the biblical values rule Iran. That's why we, uh, we can 
imagine Jesus saying, I, I set my kingdom, I set my throne there. So Iran becoming a Christian nation, that's biblical. But how fast? I think it's up to us because Iran is ready. Iranians are ready. They have already rejected Islam. Jesus is ready. He already died on the cross for them. And by the way, he's appearing to them in visions, dreams, and miracles. And he's waiting for us. You know, sometimes I, I feel Jesus turning to us Christians and telling us, hey, wake up. See what I'm doing. Come and join me. Aren't you my body? Aren't you my family? Would you join me in transforming nations? And sometimes I feel Jesus telling us, what else can I do? For, to save Muslims. I died for them. I love them. And I'm appearing to them in visions and dreams. And by the way, I've opened their hearts to the message of the gospel. Would you do your part to share this truth? Because they're, they're ready. They're hungry for it. So Iran is ready. Jesus has made it ready. And it's promised in the Bible that Iran will be a Christian nation. Do Muslims believe that Jesus died on the cross? And that he was resurrected no uh, jesus is mentioned in in quran so uh, people are familiar with him uh, he is uh, he's being son of god totally rejected as a blasphemy his death on the cross is totally rejected him being the savior of the world totally rejected but he's talked about as a prophet but a prophet who did many miracles, which is very attractive for Muslims. Um, so, yeah, they believe in Jesus, but Jesus is a prophet, not a savior. And they don't believe he died on the cross. They believe it was Judas Iscariot uh, who betrayed him. He died on the cross. And somehow God made Judas to look like Jesus. So people crucified, they thought they were crucifying Jesus, but they crucified Judas. Uh, that's what Islam believes. Can you tell us the difference between Allah and Jesus? Of course, you study the character of Allah, supposedly God. Um, he is distant. He is cruel. He rules by fear. You know, uh, Romans talk about that. Uh, we were bound by fear, but now as children of God, we are free to call him Abba, Father. So there, there is day and night be, uh, between these two. Can I share a story? That, that, would, that would be good. Um, I was, you know, as I shared, I, we broadcasting and then we do underground church planting through using broadcast to find leaders, to train leaders and plant churches. So let me share you this story. Uh, I cannot go to Iran, of course, and they kill me. They would love for me to go back. Uh, I'm, I'm known in Iran, and the government of Iran thinks of me as a as their enemy, so I can't go. I cannot go there. I what I do is I bring underground church leaders to a third country to train them. And this was like years ago. I, I'm not giving any sensitive information to put the, those lives in danger. I would, otherwise, I wouldn't share. Um, it was years ago. I brought these uh, leaders to Turkey to train them. So I was training them, and they were so hungry, by the way. And I had several teachers with me to teach them. And they would start in the morning. We teach teacher after teacher until at night, and they still wanted to go on. But the teachers were, were we were tired. We would go to bed at 10. And you know what they did after 10? 
they would start praising and worship and praying from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. every night of the conference. So it was the end of the conference. The day after they were going to go back, fly back. So I was sitting there, you know, the classes are finished, and I was watching them joyfully singing praises to Jesus, dancing with the songs, laughing, happy. And it, it went for a half hour, one hour. Then I thought, do they know that they could be arrested even tomorrow at the airport? They could be killed. They could be in jail. They could be tortured. They look so happy. Maybe I didn't teach them well enough. Maybe I should teach them about persecution. So I interrupted their worship. I said, sit down. I have one more class. They sat down respectfully. Then I opened the Bible and I taught them about the reality of persecution in, in the Bible. That it's normal for a Christian to be persecuted. If you live for Jesus, if you serve Jesus, expect that. That's normal. And by the way, some of you may be called to pay the highest price. You may be even killed in ministry. Are you? Do you know you you about persecution? Do you know you may be hurt, jailed, tortured? I, I taught them all that. They sat down respectfully for half hour. When I was finished with my lesson, then they spoke up. They said, uh, Pastor Hormoz, um, don't worry about us. Uh, we know what we got into. Uh, even if we were Muslims, we were ready to die for Allah, who is a distant and a cruel God. How much more we are ready to die for Jehovah, who is such a loving and intimate God. We know what we got into. Don't worry about us. And by the way, you interrupted our Jesus party. Would, could, would, could we go back to that worship and praise? I said, go back. You you are you're closer to jesus you know about christianity more than i do you need to teach me and that's the type of people we are working with and that's the contrast between islam and christianity allah and jehovah they're totally two different gods presented to people what are underground house churches you know the building churches are closed the last seven eight years now and uh, house churches are is the only option but they're dangerous it's illegal if the government of iran catches one person gathering in even in their homes they get five to ten years of prison just attending a house church they're afraid of christians gathering so house churches are illegal and there are few of them two reasons one because of fear Another reason is because there are not many qualified people who can lead a house church. A typical house church in Iran is led by a Christian who is, he or herself have come to Christ just six months ago, hasn't even read the Bible once. Many of them don't even have the whole Bible. So underground church in Iran is there, but it needs our help. It's not many. That's, that's by the way, that's the reason the satellite television is so effective and so needed. We are not only evangelizing through satellite television, we are discipling, we are teaching the Bible over the satellite. And I think this is our strength at Iran Alive. I think this is grace of God on us. God has shown us how to go from satellite broadcast to healthy, multiplying 
underground churches. And that's that's what we're doing. Is it true that most Iranians detest Americans, especially Christian Americans, or is that a negative stereotype? Oh, that's an amazing thing in Iran. And people are shocked. Are you ready to be shocked? You know, Iranians love Americans, Iranian people. The government said death to America, death to America. But the majority of the population, they love America. Just uh, uh, last year, they had these demonstrations. And, and I have the clip of it. That's funny. Uh, I have the clip of it. They put uh, the American flag and Israeli flag on the sidewalk, forcing people to walk on it. And this clip shows people get to the flag and they go to the side. They do not step on it. You know, there's such a disconnect between the government and the people. So when the government says death to America, death to America, the people say, oh, they must be good people if our government is against them. <laughs> and when the government says death to Israel, death to Israel, people are saying, what did Israel do to us? They didn't do anything to hurt us. You did. You are our enemy. The government, you have hurt us, not Israel. So people are turning against the government saying, you are our number one enemy, not America, not Israel. And that idea is growing fast inside Iran. Does the Iran government use psychological warfare to oppress their citizens? Definitely, yes. That's the spirit of fear, spirit to, you know, to control people. You have to have fear, the strategy of fear and intimidation. So people are afraid and they're so cruel. They should be afraid. You know, the economy is bad, has been really bad. And the sanctions by uh, has made it even worse. So nine months, 10 months ago, some people came on streets just demonstrating, saying we are hungry. <laughs> the economy is bad. I can't I don't have a job. I can't feed my kids. And you know what the government did? They killed them on the streets of Tehran and other cities. So people are, are saying there is there's no hope here. There's no future here. And the government doesn't care for us. Why should we support it? And that's one reason they're turning away uh, from the government because of the economy is bad. And there is no hope for the future. And the, the government doesn't have a heart for the people. They see that. They see that and they're, they're not rejecting the government. By the way, that's another point. It's an Islamic government. So the political side and the spiritual side are one. So when they are rejecting their government, at the same time, they're rejecting Islam. And when they're rejecting Islam, they're rejecting the government. Both are the same. Why do you think that Iran has the fastest growing evangelical population in the world? number of people i mean evangelism is so easy right now you know uh joel rosenberg had uh, the grace to call me billy graham of iran uh, gave me the honor to be called billy graham of iran and but you know my answer is no 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 i'm not billy graham of iran iran is so ready any one of you just share the gospel you become a billy graham of iran there is a supernatural move of god and god has used the history to take the people to this point 40 years of Islamic dictatorship, cruelty, 
sorrow because that's the spirit of Islam. They, joy. There's no joy there. Dictatorship, fear, hatred, 40 years. So God has used that to open their hearts and minds to other messages, not just Christianity. They're open to other messages, but Christianity is very attractive. Now, another breakthrough in Iran is that Iranians are questioning. Did you know it's blasphemy for a Muslim to start thinking and comparing Islam with other faiths? Questioning for, an, for, a, for a Muslim is a sin. In some places, if you question Islam, you get lashes. At least you're, you're going to be called infidel. So one supernatural thing in Iran, by the grace of God, that Iranians are questioning Islam. And the reason is, it's not working. It's not working for us. So the reason Iran has the fastest growing evangelical population is the history, 40 years of dictatorship, of they've seen the true face of Islam. Number two, visions and dreams and miracles that Jesus is doing. Number three, Jesus has opened their eyes to see. They are seeing the truth, they're seeing the darkness, and they're questioning Islam. What percentage of Iranians are Islamic? Wow, that's an amazing question. You know, I've written that book. A month ago, I finished it, and it just published uh, in September. And I encourage the listeners to get the book and, and read it because I talk about my spiritual journey, and I talk about the future of Iran, study the prophecies in the Bible, and how, how we get there. You know, uh, uh, and uh, let me point this, that, that's why I share that. Just the last few months after I write the book, there are things coming on the surface that confirms what I write in the book. For example, last week, there came a study, a survey, a research result study done by, not by Christians, done by non-Christians, by Muslims, Iranian Muslims, secular outside Iran. They did a study, very scientific, they had 50,000 Iranians respond to it, 90% of them inside Iran. The questioner was about the faith, the beliefs of Iranians. Can you believe it? Less than one-third said we are Muslims. Less than one-third. On the, on the books, you read it, Iran is 98% Muslim, but this research shows less than one-third. Another one-third have uh, said that we don't believe in any religion and uh, and that there is no God. This, this group, no God or I don't care about religion, another one-third. And the third one-third, they believe everything. They're, I mean, they're looking for everything. You get Buddhism there. You get Hinduism there. Satanism. Everything is there. And people searching for something. And Christianity is there. So to answer your question... A research just came out last week, confirmed what I wrote in the book, that Iran, Iranians have rejected Islam only, or less than one-third are saying we are Shiite Muslims. Can you tell us what you have prophesied for Iran and what the future of Iran looks like? My prophecy of, uh, comes from the Bible. Uh, 
and studying the Bible. That's what the se second section of my book completely opens up these prophecies, word study, verse study, what it means. So uh, um, what I believe is based on the Bible and uh, how it's going to do it, I, I think God God has given us strategy in the Bible. You look at the book of Acts, what's happening, and the events of the book of Acts are happening in Iran today. So I see a future of Iran, a, a nation that, when I say Christian nation, that by itself is very vague for many people because there's no Christian nation in the world right now. I'm talking about the future event. So don't go back to history, say, oh, what, what is a Christian nation? No. We don't have it it's in the bible it's in that's an upcoming event so when you look at the future of iran iran will be christian nation means that majority of the population willingly it's not by force otherwise it's not christianity jesus gives us free choice by choice love jesus obey him in every segment of their society in their homes in their personal lives in the marketplace in media in education and they are salt and light not just to their own country but to the whole world i can imagine jesus ruling in iran it's already happening but i can imagine jesus not going to say oh i'm happy with these people jesus loves the world he's ascending jesus he sent the apostles so i can see the future of iran will be ascending nation that Christians from Iran will go to bless the Middle East first, but many other nations. I think this is prophesied in the Bible when Jesus says, I will set my throne there. And that's the future of Iran. And by the way, we are moving in that direction really fast. It's happening already. That's why in our vision at Iran Alive, we say transforming Iran to a Christian nation in this generation. Because we believe it's possible. If we work together, you know, Iran is ready. Jesus is ready. Jesus done, has done his work. If we get our acts together, if we work and take advantage of this historical opportunity in Iran, together, we can transform that nation. We can. Everything is ready. And, you know, a few weeks ago, I was praying with our leaders and saying, God, change Iran. Why are you delaying? Why? It's happening. You know, people are tired and sick and uh, sick and tired of islam and why don't you change the government and several of us in that prayer meeting felt god is telling us i'm yes they are ready but you are not my church is not ready and uh, my prayer is that we church be ready and work with god where god is working God is working around the world. He's transforming nations. Iran as a nation loves Jesus and will become a Christian nation. So let's work together. Let's pray. Let's, let's serve the Lord together. Let's disciple a nation together because that nation is going to impact the world. How many Christian churches are in Iran? The, Christian, the churches have been closed. Those who admitted the Muslim background believers they were closed uh, seven, eight, eight years ago. And, uh, but there are a few left. There are Armenians and Assyrians are allowed to gather and have a church under several conditions. Number one, don't speak Farsi. You speak Armenian, you speak Assyrian, don't speak Farsi in your churches. 
Number two, you're not allowed to admit any Muslims into your church. Otherwise, we'll, we're going to close your church. Number three, even when you're outside the church, you're not allowed to talk to Muslims about Christ. If we find you witnessing, even outside the church, we're going to close your church. So there are some few building churches in Iran, but there are... Uh, 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 it is the minorities of Assyrians, Armenians attending it, and they are not allowed to evangelize Muslims. Why does the Quran say that Jesus will return in the end times? Well, the doctrine of uh, return of uh, Jesus, because it's coded in Quran that I will, I will come back, I will return. But uh, according to Islam, yes, he will go back, he will come back, but he will be a servant to Muhammad. When he comes back Muhammad comes back and Shiites believe Mahdi will come back one of the Imams one of their leaders but they don't believe Jesus comes back uh, as we uh, believe and what the Bible says they say yeah they, he will come back he will be servant to and uh, you know servant to, to Muhammad that's how he comes back not as a savior not as a Lord but as a servant to Muhammad do Christian missionaries from America avoid going to Iran fearing persecution and even death? There is there are no missionaries allowed in Iran the last 40 years. The last of them were uh, kicked out in 79-1980 and never allowed any missionary to go back. So that's out of question. Do you believe Islam is destroying families? Of course, yes, you know. The foundation of family and we see that in Iran after 40 years of Islamic rule we see divorce rate high higher in Iran than America the family structure is destroyed Islam destroys families why because of the definition of family the role of husband and wife the women have no values they're just the possessions of men and men can be dictators in home and no love no care for the kids or for the wife, uh, it's a very unhealthy, sick family structure design plan. It doesn't work. Even in the biblical, you know, in the Bible, we see such a beautiful design. And if we don't follow it, even Christian families are in trouble because we don't follow biblical plans and, and uh, biblical design. But in Islam, in Christianity, the design is beautiful. It's a reflection of Jesus and the church. The marriage is, it, but we don't, many of us don't follow it. But when you go to Islam, the design is flawed. The design is sick. The role of a husband and wife and who the, the value of kids is, is sick. So even if they follow Islam, they will have sick families, very unhealthy families. What is the difference between a Sunni and a Shiite Muslim? Yes, the Sunni and Shiite division started uh, when Muhammad passed away. There were differences of opinions. Uh, there were historically the leaders gathered and chose um, a successor to Muhammad, Abu Bakr, Omar, Osman. These are the leaders of Sunnis. At the same time, there were some minority, weak minority, who opposed that? They that they said no. Um, he, he's 
power and leadership should have passed through his family line, bloodline, like Hussein, Ali. And it, and they took the power, these uh, religious leaders, they took power by corruption, by force. They shouldn't have been. So the division came start there, but Shiites were not strong. They were just a very small um, group of people who just believed that the leadership should have passed on by bloodline. Now, uh, three, four, 400 years ago, 500 years ago, it, the Shiite became strong in Iran. The, the kings in Iran, they started saying, oh, uh, we believe in Shiite Shia Islam, not Sunni. And a part of it was political. They wanted to divide themselves or divide their people from the, take their people from under the influence of Sunni caliphs. Sunni power leadership power, so they they in first they in, they made made a bigger uh, Islam by being it uh, uh, Shia Islam in Iran, but part of it was political. They didn't want their people inside Iran be ruled by a um, caliph which is Sunni and resided outside Iran. And that that's what happened. But Shiite Islam was defined and it was uh, reinforced. It was it grew in definition. And all of these stories were added to it by Iranians. Why do Christians believe that the pilgrimage to Mecca for Muslims is pointless? Well, it's a part of the foundation, fundamental belief of, of um, Muslims. There are, there are duties they have to do as a Muslim. And the, number five, there are five pillars. And number five is if those who can afford it, they need to make this pilgrimage. So it's an ultimate spiritual commitment and, and experience for a Muslim to be able to save and to make that pilgrimage. It's a dream of every Muslim because it's an ultimate experience. <coughs> it's commanded in the in Quran to do it. Why is it so difficult for Muslims to convert to Christianity? Iranians is not hard. <laughs> but Iranians is easy. I I shared the simplest message, simple, simple, simple message on on the satellite television, and people start calling to receive Christ. But in general, to answer your questions, um, Iran is different, of course, because uh, that uh, blind has been removed from the eyes of the people. That spiritual bondage is breaking. The Prince of Persia is being defeated. Iran is different. To answer your question, I would divide it. Iran is different, but let's look at other Muslims. Muslims are not allowed to question. They're not allowed to think, actually. I've had, when I was a, a scientist, I had these PhDs, my peers, I would witness to. They were very smart, logical people. At lunchtime, I would just start, but they were Muslims. I started witnessing to them, and as long as we were going intellectual discussion they were with me but the moment i turned the the discussion turned to about islam suddenly it's like their minds locked they couldn't think logically anymore they were more emotional so the spirit of islam and the teaching of islam does not allow muslims to think even i'm going to read the bible to think that maybe Islam is not right. Even that thought, even that thought is scary. C can you believe it? I hope you can 
you can feel I, I when I talk about it my heart cries for the Muslims just think about it a Muslim in the privacy of his home or her home thinking about Islam and a little doubt comes because he has seen all this injustice and all that a little doubt comes to his mind you know how he feels scared you say scared who is nobody is in home why is he scared he is scared of Allah Allah can read his mind and what he's thinking and here he is all alone and he is afraid to start questioning his faith and asking about Islam why why is this like that because Allah can read their mind and Allah is going to punish them even in the privacy of their home if they start thinking and questioning Islam we are talking about the dark spirit can you feel the poor Muslim the fear they they feel in the privacy of their homes if they just start thinking maybe Islam is not the way a fear a spirit of fear comes on him and they get scared oh Allah is gonna judge me judge me let me share you another story you know I, I, I remember baptizing a young man and I before he baptized I asked him so tell me your story how did you come to Christ he said I was attracted to Christ and I wanted to know about Christianity but I was very afraid I I did not dare to read the Bible I did not dare to come to a church and this is America this is California by the way and he said many times I came I wanted to come to church on Sunday I will come and I on the street and I as I approached your church a fear fell upon me and I would run back to my apartment and he said finally I had the courage one day to come and sit in the back of the church and the worship was good and the and preaching and the moment you finish your preaching I ran out out of fear fear came upon me I went to my apartment I fell on my face and I said oh Allah Allah I'm so sorry I went to church please forgive me please don't hurt me please don't make me sick don't make me go bankrupt don't hurt my family don't bring sickness to my family for the sin I did today of going to church I'm so sorry I'm even more sorry because I really enjoyed it it was good when I was there I see they were he was even sorry that he enjoyed the worship service and he said that's how I heard I, I heard the gospel but that stayed with me and this young man was baptized and that baptism showed that spirit of fear has lifted for any Muslim to come to Christ you have to pray and mind the spirit of Islam the spirit of fear many times I've, I've witnessed to people Muslims who are ready to receive Christ but the moment they want to make a decision they're afraid they change their mind you know what I do I said okay um, let's meet next week and all through the week I pray one prayer in the name of Jesus I bind the spirit of Islam in the name of Jesus I bind the spirit of fear over this person God loves him and he is called by God to be saved so I bind the spirit of fear and many times next week I meet the, with the person he's ready the spirit of fear is gone so the spirit of Islam is controlling by fear and if you witnessing to your Muslim friend and they're even afraid to read the Bible they're afraid to associate with you 
they're afraid to think logically what you need to do number one love them because perfect love casts out fear love them and bind the spirit of fear you will get results what is iran's great awakening iran's great awakening is the name of the book yeah i've been working on it for a while and now it's the perfect timing because uh, all the news are out and especially this research confirms what i've written in this book uh, it has three parts the first part is my spiritual journey as a muslim how i came to christ and how god called me to serve him you know when i was a new believer they arrested my 16 year old younger brother on minor political charges and i was a new believer just praying god save him save him god he hasn't heard the gospel they kept him for two years and then uh, they were telling my mom oh yeah he's doing fine we're going to release him but when he turned 18 they called my mom said come and take his body we just ex executed him by firing squad and when my mom went to pick up the body she had to pay they charged her for the bullets for the killing of her son and that uh, took me to a very crisis of my faith say god what is this this is so injustice what do you what as a christian what do i need to do god i i want to take revenge and i realized oh my gosh no 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 uh, as a christian i'm not supposed to take revenge revenge is his oh god i i i just i just hate them oh no no i'm not supposed to hate them i'm not supposed to even love my enemies so i, I as a christian i'm not supposed to hate okay god uh, so god i'm angry so lord i'm so angry at them oh yeah oh i'm sorry lord um you said if you're angry in your heart you've already committed uh, killed your brother in your heart so i'm not supposed to be angry i said god what kind of faith is this as a christian i'm not a, supposed to do anything against injustice what what am i supposed to do like uh, and I said, God, can I cuss a little bit so I can feel better? <laughs> and I realized, no, 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 you're not supposed to cuss. You worship with your mouth. So I, ah, during that three days of mourning, I asked God, God, what, what do I need to do? What is this? As a Christian, should we just sit and watch? And you know what? I felt God telling me, number one, those people who killed your brother are not your enemies. There is only one enemy, and that's Satan. Those people who killed your brother, they are victims of Satan. So love them, care for them. Number two, God said, if you want to take revenge of Satan, yes, Lord, yes, I want to. Then evangelize, share the gospel. Because when one person comes to Christ, we know that there is rejoicing, there's party in heaven. And if there's party rejoicing in heaven among angels, then there is mourning in the courts of hell with Satan. So I said, God, I want to dedicate my life to evangelizing Muslims. Would you use my life and my lifetime to bring one million Muslims to Christ? I didn't know what I was talking about. Just as a vision. There was no satellite broadcast yet, but God has been so gracious, honored his word, and he gave us opportunities. I planted churches, but the satellite television has brought hundreds of thousands of Iranian Muslims to Christ over the last 20 years. Do you have any projects that we should be on the lookout for? Of course, we, we are doing our best to 
be instruments of God for transforming a nation. But we need help. <laughs> we need help. I can't do everything. I can't even in teaching. I'm good at some areas. I'm not a good teacher in every area of the Bible. Uh, so I'm I'm encouraging people. Number one, pray, pray, because we are facing the dark spirit of Islam. It's named in the Bible. Daniel chapter ten talks about the prince of Persia, a dark spirit over Iran, and it's so powerful that it could hinder. Archangel, warrior, Michael, for 21 days. So it's a very powerful spirit. We need prayer, protection, things that happen to us, to our family members, attacks personally, physically, sickness, all kinds. Financially, we've gone a couple times to the point of maybe we should close down the satellite broadcast, go home because there's not, nothing left. But God has always been gracious. So uh, praying. Uh, helping financially but also get involved if you have a media ministry if your pastor has a media ministry we have 24 7 broadcast we have some people like uh, RC Sproul and other people you know um, <clears throat> Michael Youssef and others but that's 24 7 we still want partners who will broadcast on our channel it will help them to reach out millions of you was Muslims are open it will help them to uh, be have a presence in the Middle East uh, help the people who receive their teaching and will help us financially also the financial part is not very expensive to have one hour a week uh, for for a whole year it's uh, only $25,000 but you're reaching millions of people that we've gathered did you know another survey three years ago came out and put our our channel as the most watched Christian channel in Iran and six million people said this is our favorite channel and we watch it daily so we have the audience we've gathered the crowd and but we need partners to pray for us to help us and to join us in bringing transformation to Iran how are we going to do that that's in the book as I said in the first part of the book is my testimony second part is studying the prophecies in the Bible but the third part of the book is the strategy what do we do how do we transform Iran what are the next steps so I encourage you to read the book I'm sure it's gonna and I hope it will encourage you inspire you but I hope it will motivate you to do something because God is doing something thank you for joining us on Sunday pod before we go we always like to ask our guest what their favorite scripture is I have I have so so many uh, scriptures one one uh, scripture that I reminded and I use a lot is Ephesians 2 8 9 10 11 12 that because I use that and I reminded it talks about grace and the grace that's not not just save us you know Ephesians 2 8 9 people memorize that and they stop right there the grace it's by grace they've been saved it's not our own it's not by works so but the continuation is another aspect of the grace that we are all by his grace we are all called to serve before that he has he has mission for each one of us we need to find out what his mission for us and and do it and so the grace yes grace brought us to Christ but the same 
grace should enable us to serve the Lord. And I have in my book, at the end of the book, I have this devotional, and I, I talk about this verse and other verses, and all relate to my writing. And I encourage you to get the book and, and do the devotional at the, at the end also. It will help you to get closer to the Lord, and it will help you to find about your mission in life. You are called. Every person, every Christian is called. We just, some of us don't know. You are called. And may I share how they can get the book? Certainly. Yes. Easiest way is to text a word to a number. Then I will send you a link and you click that link and it will get you to our website where you can order the book. And by the way, for donation of any amount, I will send you the book. So the, the word you text is the word Iran, I-R-A-N. But the number you text to, instead of the phone number of the person, put this, seven. 74784. 74784. That's just like the airplane. 747 and then 84. 74784, then you what you text, you just text IRAM. And I will send you a link and links. You can later we will see testimonies. I will, I will send it to you. But then you can go and just any amount, even if you cannot afford it, let me know and I will send it to you for free. I want this word to go. And by the way, I don't benefit from the sales of the book at all. I dedicate it to the service of the Lord. And anything that comes in from the sale of the book or any donation comes in, goes directly for the ministry to transform Iran to become a Christian nation. Thank you for joining us on Sunday Pod. For more on this program, follow us on sundaypod.com.